Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, church, and welcome to the building. Welcome to those of you who are turning in online. I, uh, I could have stayed in those moments of singing um, because it's more than singing to me. It's worship. It's worship. And worship is not just singing. I hope you understand that. Worship is all of life. Worship is your whole life. How you work, your attitude, all of this is to be worshiped to God, okay? Uh, you, when you play, hopefully you worship, and you, 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 you play to the glory of God. When you work, you work to the glory of God. When you're being a friend, you're being a friend to the glory of God. Your, your heart and your spirit, you're recognizing God as the creator and maker of everything, and he's worthy of worship. And singing is one aspect of that. If you don't like that portion of worship, you're not ready for heaven. I just want you to know that. If you do not like the singing portion of worship, you are not ready for heaven. And so you need to get adjusted. You need to get your mind renewed because God's a singing God. And God sings over us. And we're to sing over God. And we're to sing to God and sing about God. It's part of the proclamation. In fact, when the Bible talks about the glory of God, what the word glory literally means the weight, weightiness. It means, so when God's presence comes, he comes with his weight, the weight of his presence. And when he's in the house and when he's in the room and when you acknowledge him, things change because he's present. If, you, if your favorite celebrity or your favorite hero or somebody that you really admired looked up to, when they walked into the room, you would, oh man, they're here. I sense them. They're here. Oh my gosh, they're here. I want to get my picture with them. I want to get a selfie with them. I want to I get near them. I want to touch them. I mean, my goodness. And just name whoever it is. But we get the privilege and honor of coming into the presence of God. But are we bringing our glory with it? Think about it. Your glory, the weight of who you are. Like you can't just yawn. (sighs) Yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. No, we we bring the weight of our glory into it. We were talking a little bit before. I think there's a Chiefs game coming up. And I mean, people prepare to go there. They prepare. I mean, they they plan ahead. Uh, They get their face paint on. They get their gear out. They if they're going to tailgate, you know, they get their beer, their whiskey. They get they get their brats. They get their steaks. I mean, they're into it, and they're bringing the full weight of who they are to that kingdom. Come on now, and I'm not knocking it, but I'm just saying is that they'll they'll do that for for something uh, that's so temporal. So temporal and so flighting, just like our Chiefs this season. <laughs> oh, yeah. See the energy that's coming? Yeah. Because we're serious about this stuff, man. I mean, and it's funny how uh, psychology works because uh, when, when, when the Chiefs win, we won. When they lost, they lost. 
They, no, that wasn't me. Uh-uh. I didn't call those plays. Uh-uh. No, but man, when they win, I didn't play one game. Didn't play one snap of the ball, but man, we won. Those guys need to get their act together, man. They're off in the head. They're making too many commercials. You know, whatever, right? But see, what's, what are you doing? You're bringing energy to that. That you're bringing your glory to it. And God is worthy of your glory too. Yeah, we want His glory. I want the weightiness of His presence all over my life. I just don't want the touch of God. I want the hand of God on my life. I want the hand of God on my son and my daughter and my grandchildren and my wife. I want the hand of God on the rock of KC. I'm not just looking for a touch. I'm just not looking for a goose bump. I want God Almighty to have His way in me and through me because He's worthy. He's worthy. Amen. Now, I am preaching already, okay? Father God, fill our hearts with your word right now. Fill our minds, God. Fill our spirits. Let us be the people of God in this hour. We're not here to uh, practice a dead religion because you're an alive God. We're not here to worship our past. We're here to worship you, the God of the present. We thank you for the past. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing, and all that you're yet to do. And so God, awaken us to who you are. Awaken our minds and our hearts to, to how much you love us, and how much you're for us and not against us, and the work that you have for us to do. God, that you're longing for people who will hunger and thirst for you. And I pray that you'll find that people here. You'll find it in us, God. Those who say yes to you, Lord, and we want you. And not only do we need you, but we want you in our life. We want you to get up in our business. We want our dead religion to go. We want you to shatter every false idol that, that we've grasped hold of, God, so that you, the real living God, could have your way vibrant and alive in us. We pray now, God, that you'll write your word upon the tablet of our heart that we may not sin against you. We pray, oh God, that our minds will get renewed and that grace will fill us, Lord, not only to hear the word, but to receive it, mix it with faith and act upon it so that we bear fruit that you're worthy of. And we prove to be your disciples and glorify you, our Father in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Well, I've got several words and I've got a fresh word on the word that I've written. And we'll see if I get to my written word. But I want to talk about the song we sang. Because I, I want to make sure that we aren't some of the biggest liars on the planet. Okay? We can, Christians can be more, do more lying through the songs they sing. This is not coming from me. From a, from a pr prophetic minister years ago. Who, who just brought that word to a church I was attending. And he said, we can, be, we can do most of our lying through the songs we sing. And I thought, what? But I'm sincere. <laughs> yeah, but you, <laughs> sincerity won't get the job done. I sincerely meant to clean out my room, Mom, Dad. You all need to chill out. My intentions were right. Uh, did you just tell me to chill out? There's going to be something heated right now. It's called the seat of your pants. We'll talk about chill. You just see, I mean, but, but what we do is we, we convince ourselves what one, one pastor shared that we, we, we practice Christian Platonism. 
Christian Platonism, Plato believed that the fire was not the real, but the idea of the fire was the real. Okay? So before fire existed, it had to exist somewhere in someone's mind. And so you're only seeing an image, but not the real. The real thing is the idea of fire. Are you with me? And so here's what can happen. We can say, oh, I believe this, and I believe this about Jesus, and I believe this about God. And we're believing the ideal. But, and so what we, get, we let ourselves off the hook because we're not practicing it, though. So, so I believe in generosity, but I don't have, because I believe in the ideal, I don't have to practice it. I believe in forgiveness. Yeah, that's a high ideal. But, but for me, I'm a little bitter right now. I'm not quite there, and, and they don't deserve it. See, see what I mean? The practice becomes exonerated because I believe the right thing. And because I've sung the right thing, I, I sing I lift my hands, but I've never lifted my hands. I, I sing, oh, come let us worship and bow down, but I'll never bow down because I, I just, it's not comfortable for me to do so. It's not my tradition or my knees are a little bad. Whatever, I mean, for whatever, but as long as I sing it and mean it in my heart, I've done it. Where else do you get away with that in the world? Do you get away with that on your job? Do you get away with it with your mortgage payment, with your car payment? with your insurance payment. But I meant to send it to you. I had all the intention in the world. I mean, seriously. But I ate out. And I wanted my child to have that new bicycle. And my tire went flat. And you just don't understand the difficulties that I'm having right now paying my rent. Or staying committed to my obligation. And after all, boss, I, I didn't mean to oversleep. What do you mean you're firing me? I've only overslept 10 times in the last 20 days. Can't you show me a little bit of mercy? I'm going to show you the door. Life doesn't work that way. And, and your parents ought to be spanked for raising you to believe that you got a trophy for not even showing up or doing anything. Come on. And so Matthew 7, when we sing the song, the rains came, I build my life on you. Really? Or have you, have you built your idea on the idea of him? Because look at what he says in Matthew 7. I don't know if that's coming up or not. Therefore, verse 24, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine. I'm hearing the word of God. I'm sitting under the word. Oh yeah, I'm better than the heathen. Man, they're out on the golf course. Oh, they're over there already watching NFL football. Man, they're so carnal. No, I'm in the house of God. I'm under the word of God. I'm hearing the word of God. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. What a great deception. What a great deception. Because Jesus didn't stop there. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine 
and puts them into practice. I hate practice. I just want to play the game. I just want to shoot the gun. I just want to do, I just want the results. I don't want the practice. I want to get and play my saxophone like, like um, whoever that guy is. It's amazing. I don't know. I went and saw him in concert out of sandstone. I got high from all the pot that was being smoked. <laughs> I wasn't even smoking it. It was, wow, I mean, it was like, I haven't gone to that many concerts and hadn't been to one, like, the major concerts since ZZ Top at, uh, in 1977, I think, at Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> I'm out at Sandstone or whatever it is now, and it, there, all of a sudden, there's like marijuana festival. Well, that was a long time ago, too, before it was legalized. Man, I'm, honey, I'm feeling a little dizzy. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going. <laughs> yeah, practice. I really want to play well. Well, you got to practice. I had a coach in basketball that says, you will, you will play like you practice. You, you fool around at the first half of the practice, you're gonna, that's going to happen in your game. And sure enough, it would happen. Get serious and go after it and work hard, then that's how we play. Jesus said, If you hear the person who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. What is the foundation of the rock there? No, it's not. Think about it. It's not a trick question. But it's one your mind has to get understanding about. The rock, the foundational rock of your life being built upon. Yes, Jesus in the sense that Jesus is my everything. Jesus is my Savior, my Lord, my God, my King, the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. He is everything. He's my provider. He's my healer. He's my source. He's everything. All things have been created through him, for him, and by him. And yes, my life is founded in Jesus Christ. My identity is in Jesus Christ. I make no bones about that. He is my Lord and Savior, my God, and my King, worthy of all praise, honor, and glory. He is. But in this parable, Jesus says, you're not building your house on a solid foundation if all you do is hear. The wise person doesn't just hear. The wise person says, that man told me that if I would follow the laws of compound interest and I would begin to put away $100 a month and it would average 8% over the next 40 years that it would turn to 2 or $3 million. And guess what? I not only heard that, but I believed it and I've been doing it. And the foundation is that I got $3 million in the bank 40 years later. While you went and took your hundred and spent it on pizza and beer and useless trinkets. Because you didn't have anything in your life called delayed gratification. Come on now. 
And Jesus said, not that you hear the word, but that you heard it and you practice it. And therefore, your life is built on a solid foundation. Because here's the truth. Rain's coming. And storms are coming. And the wind's going to blow. And you're not going to change that. It's going to happen. It happens to the godly and the ungodly. But here's the result. His, the result is you got to watch where you're going. <laughs> you got to tip stuff over. That house stood because it was built upon the rock. The rock was the obedience to the words of Jesus. That's the rock. You can't just sing about generosity and never be generous. Your house is on a faulty foundation. You got to practice generosity. You got to put it into practice. Forgiveness, you've got to put into practice. Blessing and cursing not, you've got to put into practice. These are the words of Jesus. Bless your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Curse them not. That's the rock. The rock in this parable is obedience to the words of Jesus. Some of your foundation, you have a lot of money, but you're not obedient to giving. You got a chariot and a horse you're trusting in there. And, and, and rains can come and storms can come and wipe it out. Just like that. But when you've been generous, you're giving God the first fruits, you got nothing to worry about. You got absolutely nothing to worry about. You're confident in the day of trouble. You're confident. Why? Because my house is built on a solid rock. And I know storms are going to come. And I know rain's going to fall. And I know wind's going to blow. But my God, my God is faithful and true. But the man, the foolish man, the Bible calls him foolish, but, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Don't be the person who says, I wish I would have listened to my parents. I regret I didn't listen to my coach. I regret I didn't listen to the preacher. I regret it. I thought I knew better. I thought it didn't apply to me. I thought I had a hall pass. I thought I didn't need it. I thought, whatever. It's like, don't be that person. Don't be that person. Bring your glory to what you're singing. And by bringing your glory, you're bringing your practice to it. Be the person that when the storms come, you've got a song because you've been singing them. Come on now. That you've got a prayer because you've been praying them already. You don't have to be that person running around, oh no, oh no, I'm scared to death, I'm afraid. The, the sky is falling and, and now you've got to rally thousands of people to make up for what you haven't been doing. Don't be that person. What should you do when people come into your life that way? Show compassion? Absolutely. Show them mercy. But say, all right, it's time to hit your knees right now. Get on your face right here. 
we're going to cry out to God. We're not going to look to man. We're not going to scream and yell and act like a child and throw a fit, raise our fists at God. We're going to repent and we're going to turn to God. I'm going to help you do that right now. We're going to call on the God of Jacob. It's not just a song I sing. It's, a, it's what I do. I call on the God of Mary, on the God of David. And Mary said, I've read the words. Be it done unto me according to your word. Is that your heart posture? I trust that it is. So worship God, whatever, whatever you say. Just saying it, God, whatever you need to destroy, destroy. What do you need to tear up, tear up? Whatever dead religion I have, shake it up, God. I don't just shake it up, God, destroy it. Get it out. Let it go. Have your way. I trust you. I trust you, God. There is no one else. You have the words of eternal life. I'm not going anywhere. I wouldn't have turned to you if I didn't need you. I'm smart enough to know that. I'm smart enough to know that if God saved me and convicted me of my sin, that I, there's something wrong. Why would I turn away from him? Why would I think I know better? He's God, I'm not. See, that's worship. It's a heart open and saying, God, have your way. Have your way, God. Have your way. Just prayed with a gentleman whose son is going wayward. It's going through a tough time. So will you pray with him? I said, absolutely, I'll pray with you. What we're going to do is we're going to give him up to God. We're not giving up on him, but we're going to give him up to God. We're going to turn him over to God. And God knows how to reach him. God knows exactly who to bring into his life, turn on the radio, and what song that needs to be sung. I mean, God has so many ways to reach him, far beyond anything I could manipulate or try to coerce to happen but God. So what we're going to do is we're not giving up on him, but we're going to turn him over to God. And they say, God, you know how bitter he is. You know how confused he is. You know how hurt he is. You know how disappointed he is. You know everything going on in his body, his mind, his soul, his spirit. You know everything, God. You know how to bring conviction to his life. You know how to bring the right amount of love and the right amount of correction. I don't know, but you know. And so, God, we do not give up on him, but we give him up to you. And that's how you should pray. And that's how I need to pray. God, I give him. I don't give up. I give it up. I turn it over to you, God. And I've watched God do things over and over, not on my timing. You see, here's something. I just read this. I think I'm quoting it right. But it says this. Um, I think I'm seeing I'm looking at it right now. I'm seeing it. You know why most people can't hear from God? Because they've already made up their mind what they want him to say. I know. I know. Most people can't hear from God because they've already made up their mind what they want him to say. And guess what? That doesn't make him God. It makes him someone you've made up. Jesus said, if you want your house built upon a rock, a solid foundation, you will not only hear what I am saying, but you will put it into practice. Can I get an amen or an oh me? Like, amen and oh me, it's both and. Oh God, oh God, oh God, help me to not think I'm smarter than you. Help me to not think I'm smarter than you. And so what I want to do now is get into my message on my Advent Reflections. Luke chapter 2, in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census, this is sermon 2. You guys are getting the full meal deal today. You, you, you're, not, you're not getting the happy meal right now. 
you know, you're not going to get a little trinket that costs a penny. Issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, G to, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. There are two primary sources that are in the gospel of Matthew and Luke that tell the Christmas story, that tell of the advent, the coming of the Lord. And I want to reflect today on what if Christmas never happened? What if there were no Christmas? I, I read a book years ago by a man by Newcomb and Dr. D. James Kennedy on this very subject. It was a fascinating book, which is part of where this reflection has come from. What would your life be without Christmas? And no Christmas songs. Some of you are like, yeah. But you know that there are more songs written about this celebration than any other celebration that's celebrated anywhere in the world throughout history. Because Mary, when she was told, she broke out into the Magnificat, the, the song of Mary, right? Because God's a singing God. <laughs> uh, no family gatherings, and some of you go, whoo, yeah. you don't want to be at mine anyway. <laughs> Uh, no Christmas gifts, no Christmas traditions, no Christmas decorations, no Christmas trees, no Jimmy Stewart, It's a Wonderful Life. Y'all know, if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. I mean, it's a story of redemption. It's a story of God, really, intervening. Uh, if you don't know about it, it's a, it's a favorite classic, Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life starring Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. And uh, if you remember the plot, Jimmy Stewart plays George Bailey, uh, a man who has uh, put the needs of others before him his whole life. Uh, but at the climax of this story, uh, there's been some indiscretion at the savings and loan. And he faces bankruptcy and possible prison for this indiscretion. And so George Bailey is thinking my life and my family would be better off if I'm dead. And they'll get insurance money and be able to go on with their life. This is where he was at, in his low estate. But, but God in his mercy uh, shows up with an angel named Clarence. <laughs> That'd be just like God, right? Show up with like, I want Clarence? Clarence is an angel. But, but God uses things that are foolish to man, but not to God. So Clarence is sent to help and to teach George the value of his life. Uh, Clarence shows him what his family in town would be like if he had never been born. His little brother, a World War II hero, would have drowned as a child because George would not have been around to save him. Without the savings and loan family, many families in the town would not have been able to purchase their own homes. George's eccentric, loving uncle would uh, spend his life in a, in a mental hospital because if 
because everyone else had given up on George. But he was there to believe in him. The pharmacist that he worked for as a child would be in jail because George once prevented him from accidentally poisoning his sick child and so on and so on the story goes. The movie did a great job of illustrating the truth that the life of one individual can make an incredible difference in the world and it can. And Christ's life has made a difference. Not just in my world and hopefully not just in yours but we understand in the world. In fact, we number our calendars by this event. The whole world does. It's the largest religious celebration of the year. Napoleon once said, I search in vain in history to find one similar to Jesus Christ or anything which can approach the gospel. Nations pass away, thrones crumble, but the church remains. Can we? Yes, the church remains. The gates of hell will not prevail against the true church. They will not. And tag, you're it. You're the church. You are the ones to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. It's not a building. It's the people of God. Listening to God. Practicing what Jesus taught. Living it out. Sacrificially living. Sacrificially giving. Loving their neighbor. Loving their enemy. Going about doing good. This is the church. If there had never been a Christmas, the world would be far different than it is today in ways you may never imagine. When Jesus came, he taught his followers to love their neighbors as themselves, Luke 12, 10, 27. Kennedy and Newcomb in their book detail the rise of charity in the name of Jesus over the centuries. This is in stark contrast to history before Jesus. The ancient world left little trace of any organized charitable efforts at all before Jesus. To live, without, to live out this commandment, Christians developed organized charity. The early Christianity community, the early Christian communities stressed support for widows, orphans, the sick, and disabled. They organized efforts to help those who were dying. They built, staffed, and paid for hospitals. The first hospitals were because the God of hospitality wanted to bring healing and help to people's lives. How many hospitals today that you know of are founded by atheists, agnostics? They're not there. Most of them are generated by people who believe that God wanted them to go about and heal and help because God is the God who heals and helps. In recent times, Christians have founded virtually every charitable organization on earth, including the Red Cross, the Salvation Army, World Relief, World Vision, Samaritan's Purse, Food for the Hungry, Compassion International, and you can go on and on. Convoy of Hope now that's going around the world and intervening in uh, crisis ways, absolutely staffed and funded by Christians. Yeah, Mercy Ships, that's another one going around giving free surgeries into poor nations, cleft pallets, removing gorders. I mean, it's amazing what Mercy Ships is doing through Youth with a Mission. All because people encountered Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They encountered not a dead religion, but a living God. They're practicing their walk with Jesus. They're not worshiping some tradition. Without the birth of Christ, education would be very different. 
Today, Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, Yale, and almost every one of the first 123 American colleges and universities were founded by Christians. And the sad thing is, is that most of them were founded to prepare men to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, how far have they drifted from their foundation? The Bible's not the word of God. You don't have to believe in God. Jesus is some fluffy makeup, whatever you want person in the earth as long as it's kind and loving and aborts babies and condones sin that's Jesus no it's not it's not the Jesus that was born in that manger that's not the gospel it's quiet in here if there had never been a Christmas, much of the good in this world would be missing. If Jesus had never been born, the majority of the great works of art of the ages would be lost. There would be no Last Supper by Da Vinci, no Madonna. You see, Jesus Christ has given art its loftiest themes. Dr. David Taylor Forsyth said, The idea that God spared not his son but delivered him up for us all has inspired the highest flights that pictorial art has reached. Without the influence of Jesus Christ, art would be... Uh, depict only the finite. The attempt to capture the infinite on canvas or in stone would never have been introduced. And the most beautiful music that has ever been put on score, sung by a voice or played by an instrument, would be obliterated. If that day had not dawned in Bethlehem, there would be no Handel's Messiah, nor would we have the music of, I said Joanne last night, I'm correcting it now, Johann Sebastian Bach. I did. I said, Joanne, I didn't realize it until my wife corrected me. If you all don't think that I'm not accountable, you don't know who I'm married to, okay? And my son texts my wife, and they looked over. Okay, so I, I, I heard it all, all right? So I just want you to know that I am accountable, and I am teachable. <laughs> and... God bless Joanne. <laughs> she got a fabric store down the road. Go, go, go visit her. <laughs> so Johann Sebastian Bach, who dedicated every note, he dedicated every note he wrote to God's glory. Many musical scholars believe that Bach changed the direction of Western music for all time, but this would not have happened without the inspiration of Jesus Christ. Think of the poverty of literature that would exist without the words of the New Testament. In her anthology of literature, author Cynthia Pearl Moss said, More poems have been written, more stories told, more pictures painted, and more songs sung about Christ than any other person in human history. Because through such avenues as these, the deepest appreciation of the human heart can be more adequately expressed. And I say amen. What about the impact on the value of human life if God had never been born, if Christ had not come? Women in ancient cultures, a wife was the property of her husband. Aristotle said that a woman was somewhere between a free man and a slave. Ha! Ouch. In India, widows were voluntarily or involuntarily burned on their husbands' funeral pyres. Christian missionaries were a major influence in stopping these century-old practices and ideas. If Jesus had never been born, it is hard to picture what modern medicine would be like if it would exist at all. Following the example of Jesus Christ, the great physician, Christians have fueled some of the greatest humanitarian advances in medicine. Many historians attribute 
the creation of the hospital to Christianity. For in the United States, the first hospitals were started by Christians. We could go on and on and li about listing the impact Jesus has had on science and government and economics and basic morality. But there's something far worse that would happen than all of that influence that's been positive and good. And there's the, the, the far thing that would be worse is that if Jesus had not come, there would be no God with us. He would have said, you're on your own. I want nothing to do with you. Your righteousness is a filthy rag and I want to leave it that way. There would be no salvation from our sin, Isaiah 53. There would no, be victory over Satan, 1 John 3. 8. There would be no e evil would triumph over good, Isaiah 9, 6. There would be no hope for today or tomorrow. There is no new life and no starting over. There's no 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I don't want any of that. I'm so thankful that God so loved us that he spared not his own son. And so you and I can be forgiven and not just have a better life, but a brand new life. I love that. New creation means that which never existed before. God's not looking to put a new suit on you. He's, he's looking to put a new person in a suit. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty. We don't have to be renewed. We get to be new. What happened to the Philip O'Reilly that I used to run with? Oh, he died. He, he, he died a graveyard dead death. He did. In that dorm room, Kramer Hall 213, I heard they've torn it down now at the University of Missouri. On that night, he, he died. He, he surrendered his life to Christ and he became a new creation. And, and he, he, doesn't, he doesn't exist anymore. He's brand new. Who stole him? No one stole him. He's dead. He's dead and gone. And he's a new creation in Christ. But, but you, you, were, you, were, uh, you were Henri. No, I was more than Henri. <laughs> That's a nice word. Now he's dead. He's dead. He's a new creation in Christ. You can have that too. You want it? You can be new too. How, what, what do you mean? Yeah, you can be. That's the good news. That's what Christmas is all about. You don't have to die in your sin. You don't have to remain as you are. You can become a brand new person, a new creation in Christ. You can be forgiven. And the good news is Christmas is available to you, and that should be our message to people, to your coworkers, to your friends, your neighbors. You can have Christmas too in your heart. You, you can make room in the manger of your heart for God. Would you? Will you? He wants to do the same for you. You see, I, I love this story that I heard. The only child of a young couple was born after the father was sent to the fighting in Vietnam. And the father did not get a chance to see his daughter until the war was over three years later. The little girl's mother tried to bridge the daddy's absence by practicing a little ritual each night as she put the child to bed. After putting her on her pajamas, the child would kneel at the side of the bed to say her prayers, then run over to the framed picture of her father, kiss the picture, and then tumble into bed. 
The day came finally when her father came home. That very first night, he helped his daughter put on her pajamas and get ready for bed. The little girl knelt down to say her prayers, and when she was finished, her mother said, Now you can kiss your daddy goodnight. So the little child ran over to the nightstand, kissed her father's picture, and tumbled into bed, leaving her real-life daddy standing there with open but empty arms. See, that's what religion will do to you. That's what dead religion will do. It'll have you kissing a picture when the real is right here. That's what tradition will do. Dead tradition that nullifies the very presence of God. Well, we've always done it this way. Yeah, but God's here right now wanting to do something new. Yeah, but we've always done it this way. We've always sang the hymn. We've always done communion at midnight. It's got to be this way. But Jesus is here right now in this moment. You don't have to wait till midnight. You don't have to wait for a tradition to be fulfilled. God is present right now. See, we have many people today kissing a picture when God's saying, but I'm here. I'm I'm here. You're, You're singing like I'm not in the room. I'm here. I'm here to enter your life now. I'm here to touch your sin now. I'm here to heal your body now. I'm here to renew your mind now. I'm, I'm here now. Right now I'm here. I'm here to heal your marriage. I'm here to turn you around. I'm here to give you a new spirit. I, I, I want you to be thankful for what's been done, but I, I want you to know I'm here right now. I want you to stand with me if you would, please. I want you to bow your head. I want to give opportunity for you to not just go through the tradition of Advent and the tradition of Christmas, but that you would kiss the sun and live. That you would kiss the sun and live. The Son of God, the one who loved you and gave his life for you. The God, the Father who sent his Son, who spared him not, came and gave his life for you. And I want us all to rend our heart today, every one of us, like, if there, is there any area of your life that you know you're not practicing what Jesus has taught you to practice? Come on, tonight or this morning, right here, right now, turn to him. He's here in compassion. He's here in mercy. He's here to compel you to say, my way is better. Turn to my way. If that's you, just lift your hand and say, God, I don't want any stone unturned in my life. I don't want to just sing words and, and, and believe because I sung something that I'm actually doing it. God, I want that to change in my life. If that's you, just lift your hand and make this your prayer. I, my hand's lifted. God, I don't want to have any pretense. I don't want to have any false motive. God, I want my hands to be clean and my heart to be pure. But only you can clean it, God. Only you can keep me on the straight and narrow. God, I don't want to be one who says one thing with my mouth and lives something else with my life. God, I want to come into alignment with you. I want to come into alignment with your love and your grace and your mercy. If you're here today and you know that you've just had dead religion, today's your day to come alive. Today's your day to believe and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. To open your heart wide to him and say, God, come in and do whatever you want to do. 
I don't just make room for you, God. I want you to be in the room. I want you to own the room. I want you to take over the room, God. I want your life. I want your love. I want your holiness. I want your purity. I want your wisdom. I want your forgiveness. I want salvation. Oh, God. Oh, God, have your way. Living God, have your way in us that you might have your way through us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give him honor. Give him glory. Give him praise.